the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives, sponsored by RC Auto, me and myrc.com. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next edition of Rescuers radio show. And it's, it's a lot of fun for me to introduce to you Jackie McConnell. Hi, Jackie. Hey, Art, how are you doing? I'm good. So, um... You now live in Washington State in Spokane, right? I do. I live in Spokane, and I I miss Phoenix every day, but I love it up here as well. A long time ago, uh, I'm I'm an Ohio guy where I was born and raised, and Uncle Sam got me out west, and I was at Fairchild Air Force Base for four years, actually about five years, from 67 to 71, 72. Yeah, now, it's it's beautiful now, up here. Now that's it's, meaningless it's information, stunning. I know, but <laughs> nothing you say is meaningless. <laughs> it is it is a, a beautiful part, uh, especially of that state. It's cut in two in two different, totally different climates, huh? Yes, very different. So um, I want to talk about Jackie before we get into uh, other things that brought you into this into this broadcast and. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, you were on the Phoenix Police Department. Are you from Phoenix? Are you native of Arizona? Give us a little background on Jackie. I am not. So I kind of grew up all over the place. My dad was in the Marine Corps when I was born. So I was actually born on Okinawa wow. in Japan. Um, we lived in Guam for a while. We moved to Idaho when I was about in kindergarten. And we lived in different places in Idaho, moved to California, moved to South America, went back to Boise, Idaho. And I had visited my aunt in Phoenix, Arizona when I was in 10th grade. And I was a little rocker chick. And uh, <laughs> I went to Phoenix and I saw a lot of rocker dudes with long <laughs> hair and spandex. And I'm like, this is where I'm moving. This is it. <laughs> so I was I would love to say that there was divine intervention, like reason why Phoenix, but I applied to ASU. I was accepted, and um, it was it was the rocker dudes that attracted me to Phoenix initially. <laughs> so <laughs> I went to college at ASU. I graduated, and while I was in college, I was able to do an internship with the, the Phoenix Police Department, and I went on a few ride-alongs as ride-alongs that I still remember. And I decided this is what I want to do. 
So at the time I was working for an attorney who wanted to pay me to go to law school. She was going to pay for my law school. Um, and I told her, I'm like, you know, I, I want, I want to be a police officer. So I applied oh. with Phoenix and, um, was very blessed to hired. And I started in, graduated the Academy in May of 1994. So I had a blessed May 1994 is when I graduated the police Academy in Phoenix. I had a super blessed career and I left in May of 2014. And the only reason I left art, um, I loved the job. I cried when I signed my retirement paperwork, but God blessed me with a son. And so I had my son when I was 41. And when he was a year and a half old, I hit my 20 years with Phoenix, which meant I could retire. And I truly believe that God brought him into my life for a reason. And I did not want to be that officer that didn't see my kid. So I retired I've, I've missed it probably every day since, mm-hmm. but I've never regretted my decision. I spent a year and a half off with my son. You were a lieutenant, right? We have right? an amazing relationship. Was your rank lieutenant? It was. It was lieutenant, and I retired as the acting bureau commander of the Public Affairs Bureau, where um, I believe I met somebody that you know <laughs> when I supervised Silent Witness. I think we have a lot of common friends through that division of the Phoenix Police Department. Um, do you know Kim Humphreys? Yes. Do you know Paul Pinzone? I do. And you certainly know Andy Hill. Well, all, all three of them have part of me and my wife's life. Uh, and, and Cindy Scott. <laughs> and who? Cindy Scott. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> there's a plethora of, uh, of, of it's just amazing how we're all tied together. And uh, Paul went on to be sheriff, of course, and Andy and is just a very, very dear friend of me and my wife, Dinah, and as is Cindy. We've created some wonderful product uh, uh, projects together. Um, and uh, Kim Humphrey is now the executive director of PAL. I don't know if you're familiar with that organization, but it's uh, Parents of Addicted Loved Ones. And my wife is the, my wife is head of communications for that nonprofit. Yeah, and a little bit that I know, I know because of Cindy. Um, yeah. Cindy had given me some information about the organization. <laughs> uh, well, we have we the, the, this group of people. We all have a lot of fun together. I'll tell you that. Matter of fact, Andy told me I needed to be careful with you because you could beat me up. <laughs> True story. Don't forget it. We don't need to talk about that. I don't think you'll have this. to worry about that. <laughs> so I do have one other uh, pair of, of, of useless information. I was stationed in Guam in 1968 during Arclight, Project Arclight, which was flying uh-huh. B-52s over uh, Nam. And uh, so I know that part of the world really well. And, wow. and uh, I also know the trek on Friday nights, spending our last dollar as a serviceman from Fairchild Air Force Base all the way over to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And, and that was that was the uh, I won't go into details because it's those were the were the long hair rock rock guys. <laughs> At the rascal we Inn. Well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So. um so now you're in Washington State, and you're you're a member of the PD in Spokane. 
I am. So, uh, you know, I took that year and a half off <clears throat> and then because I'm a little crazy, I decided I wanted to go back to work. So I did. And, um, I had kind of always wanted to move up to this part of the country. I mean, I lived in Boise, Idaho, as I said, <clears throat> in different parts of Idaho for part of my life. And, and I really missed the green and the trees and the water. Oh yeah. So, um, there was a job open with the Spokane Police Department. I applied, and here I am, so three almost three and a half years later. Wow. And I am not—I'm not a sworn member of the department. Um, I'm a civilian, okay. but I do oversee three different areas of the department, and it's a great job. And I'm super blessed to um, be in a position where I can still make a difference. Because I think, as you've kind of guessed. Um, I'm really not happy. I don't think in any profession that I do, unless I feel like I'm in, making a big impact or at least an impact to some extent. Nice. Now you mentioned, uh, shortly, briefly, you mentioned a uh, silent witness and it, were you at the front end of the creation of silent witness? I was not. Okay. Um, I came in later when Darren Birch was there. Um, so Paul Penzone wasn't there when I took okay. over public affairs. Bob White, was, was there. Bob White there? He was not. It was, okay. um, it was Darren Isella, Mike Fisher. Okay. And my wife, Dinah was a consultant to silent witness for a while. Yes. And I think you crossed paths at that time. So that's, that's so. a, that's an item that is so valuable to the community. Silent witness. Explain it just briefly what that is. Um, Silent Witness is an organization that essentially folks can call in with anonymous tips. And if those, and this is in the Phoenix area, and if those anonymous tips lead to an arrest or the solving of a case, they could get, they could get a reward. And it truly is anonymous. And my time supervising the detail, they help solve a lot of cases and they work hard and they don't just work hard on the cases. They work hard with maintaining in creating contacts in the community. So they attend a lot of events. Um, it's, it is a great, great detail and, and an amazing resource for not only the, the Phoenix police department, but for the community. Absolutely. Um, we're going to continue on that and another subject in just a moment. One of my greatest joys in life has been obtaining a vehicle from RC auto. Yes, I said a joy in reference to buying or leasing a vehicle. Instead of walking into a car dealership lot and facing a horde of vultures waiting for you, you are invited into a calm, friendly office where you will be asked things like, what have you been uh, driving? What are you looking for? What is your budget? That's when the car buying or leasing experience changes into an easy educational experience. RC Auto is not a typical car or truck dealership. So they have the advantage of seeking different brands like Toyota, Lexus, Subaru, and more from a broad selection from sources that you never have to visit or arm wrestle a salesperson for. The joy is not being sold, but educated into the right decision for you. For your next vehicle, go to RC Auto, where it's more than just an exchange of keys. It's a relationship. Make an appointment today at meandmyrc.com. All right, I'm back here, Jackie. So you also were at the front end, though, of another very important um, public service effort on behalf of the police, police department. 
and that is the um, the Angel on Patrol program. So tell me about that. Angels on Patrol started in about 2009. I just kind of had this crazy idea in my head about um, the fact that police officers often want to help individuals that they come into contact with through their duties as a police officer. And police officers often dip into their own pockets. Uh, The departments don't know how often. The public doesn't know how often. It just happens. They dip into their own pockets to buy somebody lunch or groceries or a hotel for the night. It happens on a regular basis. So I really kind of had this dream of creating an organization where officers didn't have to dip into their own pockets, where they could request assistance and this organization would basically help with whatever it was they requested. So I, I got together with some friends. My aunt was involved, one of my best friends. We met in another friend's living room in a house and that's how it started. And <laughs> wonderful um, things happen very that way. Short, They do. And, you know, I have told people, and I truly believe this, that Angels on Patrol has been a God thing since the day it started, Hmm. because there was really no logical reason why, with my lack of knowledge of how to even begin, let alone operate a nonprofit, uh, how how it is where it is today. But it is, and the right people have come in at the right times to give us startup money or take us under their wing. Uh, We got our nonprofit back, our 501c3 back within record period of time. Nice. I mean, it's just been one thing after another. And here we are now, 11 years later, and we're going strong. We are, we are blessed. And I have, I have believed, you know, because there's been times when we haven't had a whole lot of money in the bank. And I have told my board that we're a God thing. And if it's meant to Mm. be, now we have to do the right things and make good decisions and good financial decisions. Absolutely. But I truly believe that we have to continue our mission. And if we continue our mission and we do the right thing for all the right reasons, then at some point we have no money in the bank and we have to close our doors. That's okay as long as we've done it right for the right reasons. Wow. But I also don't believe that's going to happen. Well, not if it's a God mission. (laughs) And and I, and I really do believe it is. Yeah. Just like this rescuers program, we would not be on the air if it hadn't been God talking to my heart. (laughs) That's how this whole thing happened. And so is it just the Phoenix police department or is it a department wide in the Valley or how does that work? So Angels on Patrol originally started with Phoenix PD, right? Because that's where I work. Yeah. So we started with Phoenix PD, had a great board. I did all the work on the on the back end, and I did it on my own time. I did Phoenix PD did not pay me to do work for Angels on Patrol. I did my job, and I did AOP in addition to that. Um, and let me also explain so, that, so the listeners understand. So essentially, Angels on Patrol exists so that police officers have a resource When they come upon a crisis, an individual, a family, someone in need of help that they meet through their job. Mm. And we also provide youth enrichment. So say a school resource officer wants to send a kid to the junior ambassador program to Washington, D.C. And this kid just can't afford it. They can ask Angels on Patrol to help. On the crisis end, 
police officer puts in a request and says, hey, I was out with this family. It's, you know, 115 out. Their air conditioning was turned off because the dad was arrested. They have no income. We step in and we help in those situations. We are not meant to be long-term assistance. We're more stopgap. So we come in, we help in the short term, but we connect them with longer term resources. So ideally, our assistance is long-term and not short-term. Hmm. So that being said, we started with Phoenix taking, I took requests just on paper, you know, people would give me a piece of paper and I mean, that's how it started. Now, of course, computer, people go in and place requests. And our initial expansion was Phoenix, Tempe, and Mesa. And now we're with Phoenix, Tempe, Mesa, Glendale, Avondale, Paradise Valley, Surprise, oh my Peoria, Buckeye, and Scottsdale. Awesome. My goal, my goal has always been to be, if not statewide, nationwide. So we are currently actually in the process of expanding. We don't know exactly what it looks like. I think right now we're thinking maybe Maricopa Countywide. Um, but, you know, we're, we're entertaining that. So with... With just the, I think it was five organizations that we've recently served, we would get about 200 requests a year. Oh, my gosh. So with the expansion, we're going to get a lot more. Let me give an example to our our listeners. Uh, In 2019, uh, Angels on Patrol received 255 police officer requests, touched the lives of 2,320 individuals. Very significant. It is significant. And what's crazy to me is in my head, I had for for a long time, like we've helped 1,600 people since I started this. Well, I was wrong because (laughs) we've helped over 16,000. And for whatever reason, I had like 1,600 in my head. And (laughs) one day it hit me and I added an extra zero. You know, and that's pretty, it's pretty impactful to think that something that I started it has now touched over 16,000 individuals. But I have to tell you, Art, it's not just me because people give me a lot of credit for Angels on Patrol. Angels on Patrol wouldn't be here if not for the amazing board that I've had from day one who's believed in the same mission that I have. The donors who we call partners, the community partners that we have. There's so many pieces that fit together to make this possible. The Angels on Patrol is not just Jackie. Angels on Patrol is the passion of the board who has driven this and made us a success. Wow. So um, here we are in co- uh, with this pandemic, COVID-19, that we wish didn't exist, but here it is. And the domestic violence rates probably across the country, but for every police department in the country has risen dramatically, correct? Yeah. From my understanding, it has. Yes. So, so these are the kinds of situations that they may encounter. Sure. Absolutely. And, and COVID hasn't shut down angels on patrol because we work with law enforcement where we work regardless of what's going on. Totally understand. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're still getting requests from officers and we've still been filling those requests through this domestic violence situations. You know, we've gotten several requests to assist 
um, individuals from domestic violence. And oftentimes that extends to, you know, the kids and the family. We've had incidents, Art, where we've gotten a request and we've had a family on a plane out of town um, within hours so that they can go back to their support system. Oh my Because oftentimes that's what you find in domestic violence, right? Is they just, they don't have that support system. Yes. So that's, we help in those situations. We help in so many situations, but the important thing is that the individuals that we help see it coming from the police officer. They don't see it coming from angels on patrol. They see it from the police officer. So ideally, and, and we are changing the perception of law enforcement. Absolutely. It's, and not, what it's are, not just about that. them, though. The officers now get this amazing feeling of, wow, I made a difference. I didn't just go answer a call and leave and go to the next call. I came into this person's life and I made a difference. Um, if I can tell you a quick story about a domestic violence request that we received a while back. Oh, yeah. Um, the officer gave it to us. We assisted. And now this person recently gave us the one that we assisted. And this is just one of the stories she is doing very well she credits angels on patrol and that officer for making that difference in her life she gave a donation to angels on patrol because she's in a place where she can do that now mm, wow and that's that's the impact that we can have my goodness um i i i was on your i, I don't know if it was facebook or on your on the website for angels on patrol but i saw a video uh, from a, a young woman, and I think it was with Mesa PD, was at the door, and um, news knew this things just weren't right, and started asking her questions about, um, you know, are you able to do this, or are you able to do this, or provide this, or provide this, and and do you have uh, the right finances? And and she thought she, she, she if I remember correctly from this video, she thought the police officer was playing a game with her. But then he he had such a solemn face and a serious looking face in asking these questions, she let him in and became and she opened up everything in her life to him, and it turns out that not only did he help her out of a bankrupt near bankrupt financial situation, but children and a husband that had never seen care from a police officer before in his life. And now their whole family was enjoying what is happening and what's being brought to them and, and, and bringing their home back together as a cohesive uh, unit was awesome and so positive. It is. And that makes a difference not only in their life, but in the life of the officer as well. And we have a recent situation where we helped. Uh, we had these detectives that were checking up on this guy who had recently lost his wife. He was depressed. And this, this was all this was on Facebook. Um, and he lived in a trailer and he had a leak. It, so it was raining and it was leaking. Well, through contacts that Angels on Patrol had. And because these detectives reached out to us, this guy now has a new roof and not just a new roof, oh but a new gosh. ceiling. Wow. These companies came in and gave, I mean, his life is different because officers took a little bit of extra time 
to care about this guy. And that happens all the time. Officers make mistakes. Not every officer is perfect, but the majority of your officers out there are working hard every day to serve the community that they work in and to make a difference, a positive difference in those communities. What about Spokane PD? Are they, do they have anything like this or are you trying to start something like this up there? So the Spokane Police Department has the Spokane Police Foundation. And the mission of the Spokane Police Foundation is a little bit different, um, but similar as well. So not crisis response, but they do help fund activities between the police department and youth. Hmm. So the Police Activities League and the Youth Police Initiative. So we're seeing a real trend here. Wherever Jackie goes... (laughs) <laughs> Things change and, and lives are changed. I have a question for you before we get off the air. Um, COVID-19 is creating stories from each one of us. What will your story be? You know, my story honestly hasn't changed a whole lot because I go to work every day. Um, but I, I think the story is just understanding that incidents that affect countries or the world affect us all differently. And even though I may not be overly impacted personally, there's a lot of people that are, and it breaks my heart Hmm. to see the impact that is happening to businesses and individuals around not just our country, but the world. Thank you so much, Jackie. Gosh, it's been great talking to you. We could go on for another half hour, but we're we're out of time. <laughs> but uh, God bless you and what you do, and I'm glad we have all the connection of friends that we have around us. It's incredible. So here you've just heard from another rescuer on the Rescuers Radio Show. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Sponsored by RC Auto, where it's not just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship.